Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we help you discover innovative startups in the outdoor sport industry. Join us as we tell the story of brands who are paving the way for the future of outdoor sports. And here's your host, Josh Salvo. Hey, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners. Do you love skiing, snowboarding, climbing, hiking, camping, surfing, kayaking, or mountain biking? Did you know that there are thousands of new outdoor sports startups launching each year with incredible stories and products that are revolutionizing their sports? At Ready Yeti, we are a community of outdoor sport enthusiasts that love discovering new brands and supporting the ones that make innovative, quality products and that have a drive to give back. At ReadyEddy.com, we give away products every two weeks from your soon-to-be favorite outdoor sports startups. Check out ReadyEddy.com and become a part of our daily growing outdoor sports community and be among the first to discover tomorrow's outdoor sport brands. So, Alex, let's start off right off the bat with um, tell us a little bit more about Cirque and uh, what, what you guys are all about and how you're different than other apparel companies. Well, we're a small brand based out of Vail, Colorado. Um, the brand was started actually out of Jackson Hole, Wyoming in 2011. We started as a backcountry skiing apparel brand. So our, our original designs, which which we still have today, were featuring touring, bootpacking, kind of uh, lifestyle skiing for locals. Um, a few a few local ski shops caught wind of what we were doing and wanted to sell sell the brand in the stores and picked us up. From there, we started getting requests to do state-specific apparel. So, you know, Wyoming, Colorado, Vermont, um, specific apparel. The minute we started doing that, we started picking up a lot of traction and were able to grow quickly as we kind of differentiated ourselves from the big brands as we were going to the micro markets and featuring them on our designs, which a lot of the big guys weren't doing. So that was a, a key to our success, kind of right as this whole state pride boom hit we were doing that um so now we feature nearly all 50 states uh and we as we've grown that we've also grown our brand so we feature designs for really any outdoor enthusiasts um catered to the people actually devoting their lifestyle to being outside it's not just for tourists we we want our designs to cater to you know the people living living every day in the mountains or outside or mountain biking, whatever, whatever you may do, we we're catering our brand to those people. That's really interesting. So how did you get into this? What, what made you decide to start an outdoor apparel, apparel brand? Yeah, it's an interesting story because we didn't really sit down and just go, Hey, we're going to start an outdoor brand. Right. Um, I personally had graphic design and business experience from, from my undergrad college days. So I was just doing it as a hobby in Jackson on the side, um, just, you know, drawing kind of what people were passionate about in the area. And then we actually had a friend who was, had a screen printing and embroidery shop. So I got with him and we put a couple of the, you know, the drawings on, on t-shirts. And to this day, those first drawings are still some of our best-selling designs. Um, and it really, it really kicked into gear when, our first account ever, Teton Village Sports in Jackson Hole, brought they saw they saw the art and they wanted to bring us in and kind of snowballed from there. So that's really interesting. Are you originally from Colorado? Yep, I grew up, born and raised in Vail, Colorado, and uh, back here now. Nice. So you sp- you spent a little bit of time in Jackson Hole. Yeah. So Jackson, uh, I personally was there for five years, and the company was initially founded there and we I think we were there for three years and now we're on our we moved the company to Colorado 
um, for business reasons, it's a much bigger marketplace, closer to the airports, better for shipping, um, et cetera. So we, we relocated the company to Colorado. Um, we've been here for the better part of two years now. That's really interesting. So looking at, at all the product that you guys offer and specifically the fact that you, like you said, you focus on those the, the smaller niches, how do, you, how do you deal with that sort of inventory? Because it, it looks like you have quite a few products to offer. So how how does that work? How did you guys manage that and sort of develop that? Yeah, so it's it is a tricky part of our business. Um, what we call each individual design is has its own SKU number of SKU. Right. So for our relative volume to SKU ratio, we have a we have a ton of SKUs and not a bunch of not a lot of volume per SKU. So it's tough to manage inventory and to get our factories to produce lower runs. You know, we're producing 100 of one hat, whereas Patagonia is producing, you know, 50,000 of one hat. Right. Um, that being said, we're embracing the challenge because that is the key to our success. You know, someone like Patagonia doesn't want to get into that level of detail, whereas we will get into those niche markets and develop low run SKUs um, because the consumers want it. There's demand out there. And as a new small company in such a competitive marketplace, we have to you know, stand out and, and do something different. And that's what we're doing different. That's really interesting. So in going about this process, um, how did you prototype and sort of come up with um, the product that you guys are offering now? Like did, did the, did it go through a certain number of steps, so to speak, where it got to the point where we're like, okay, I'm really, we're really proud and um, excited about the quality of the product that we're offering. Yeah. So we, the first and foremost thing we did was we got our quality uh, dialed in first and foremost. Once we had the quality down, we, we've always tested the market to figure out what designs and what fit the market is really looking for. So, you know, a lot of companies will have a, a very extensive re, R&D research and development phase where people, the inside staff are testing the quality, testing the fit, testing the performance. Right. But for us, we've kind of done a different approach where we've always produced items and got them into the market faster and taken market feedback and client feedback to help develop the, the products to get them where they are now. So we, we do a pretty quick release on products and then take our, you know, our fan base's uh, feedback to help develop the next line that's really interesting so where do you guys manufacture if you can sort of operate so quickly yeah so we we're manufacturing our nets uh overseas in china um that's you know the worldwide leader in knit manufacturing by far um all of our screen printing and embroidery is done in salt lake city and our face masks are manufactured in denver um so part of, part of uh, to answer your question about the low minimums, the modern age globalization has really forced factories to work with people like us doing lower runs just because, you know, the world is connected now. It's a lot easier for people to get in touch with other factories. It's more competitive for the factories. So they're willing to work with us on lower, lower quantities per style. That's really interesting. Um, and I definitely, I totally get that. It, it, like from what it is today, as opposed to even like a couple years ago, it's so much easier to ex- access um, production, especially um, 
with, with products and apparel. Um, I feel like it's definitely something that they've really dialed in. Um, that's really interesting. So what would you say is something outside of obviously being niche um, and offering uh, like pro- like very specific product like this? What would you say is something that's unique about you or your business that um, most of your following, following or people in general might not know? Mm, that's a good that's a good question. I mean, I think the most the most interesting piece of it um, that people don't know is is how we're really a small company and we're just like everyone out there. You know, there's eight of us in the office and we're all ski. We all live in Vail to ski on the weekends and we're not a big corporation. You know, we have a ton of product and a, a nice looking website. So people might get the idea that we're a corporation but we're, we're a small company and we're just like everybody else out there that likes our brand. You know, we're outdoor enthusiasts. We, we live in the mountains so we can mountain bike in the summer and ski in the winter. And our brand really represents our team. And we want to embrace, you know, our, our following because they're just like us. And that's kind of how our products are designed as well. Right on. So do you, do you have a, uh, a, um, powder limit where if it snows a certain amount the office is closed <laughs> yeah we have a we have a seven inch rule so if it <laughs> snows over seven inches the, we come in at noon and then wednesdays we start at noon and work late and then they're allowed to take uh long lunches to ski at lunch oh it's awesome yeah so your office is really close so you're pretty close to vale specifically or um... yeah we're right in between vale and beaver creek oh, about nice. 10 minutes from both Oh, cool. Yeah, I have friends who uh, lived in Avon. For... Yeah, we're right right in Avon, pretty oh, much. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, when I was – I uh, did a semester in uh, Utah at uh, Westminster College, and um, they – even the professors had a 10-inch rule, whereas, like, if it snowed 10 inches, it was like, all right, no one's in class. We understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really cool. So along this journey, have you had any mentors that have sort of helped you get to where you are now with Cirque? Yeah, you know, we, we've definitely had some mentors. Um, we certainly have to give a shout out to Lee's Tees and Jackson Hole. He's, you know, he's a, a gift and souvenir t-shirt shop right on the square. And, you know, he was the first client that asked for a Wyoming beanie. And and really, if he didn't, you know, push us into doing that, we probably wouldn't be here. And all along the way, he's been guiding us on, you know, what type of designs will sell, what won't. Um Another another mentor is uh, Steve Sullivan. He owns Dio out of Jackson. He was part of the Cloudvale team, and they, you know, very successful brand that sold a couple years ago. And now he started Dio recently, and he's been a mentor for me. Um, Noah Roberts. He was also part of the Cloudvale team and started uh, Mountain Khakis a few years ago. He's oh, also yeah. a close friend, and um, you know, reach out to him for when I'm in a pickle or need advice. So. Definitely have some friends in the industry who um, helped shape the company and get it where it is now. Without a doubt. So you're you're as a sole founder, like when you first started, did you have friends helping you out, or are you kind of kind of going at it alone for a bit? And then once you got to the point where you were profitable, you brought on some team members, or how did how did that work? Yeah, I mean, I uh, it, we really were a grassroots company, so we never needed funding or we didn't raise money. Um, we started just as a hobby on the side of my other job. And we really, each sale, we just reinvested the profit of that to help us grow. So we didn't really need, you know, too many people to help um, out in the beginning. I did have a couple friends 
um, helped me out back, you know, in the beginning who have now moved on to other, other things. Uh, my friend, Brad Myers helped me right in the beginning. Um, and now he, he went to business school and he's a consultant now. Um, my other friend, Coulter Soames helped for a, a little bit, um, more, more so just out of, you know, support for me and passion for the company, um, helped it out. But, um, yeah, it's been the sole founder since the beginning. That's awesome. Um, you mentioned this a little bit before, um, but what would you say is the overall culture that exists in, in Cirque Mountain Apparel with, with your team and just how you guys function on a daily basis? Uh, yeah, I think, I think the overwhelming current, uh, vibe in the office is we're just so busy for such a small company that everyone feels really busy, but they feel excited about what they're doing. Um, our, our main environment is that we all like to work in the outdoor market. We all love the, the outdoor market and we're all passionate about it. And it feels, it feels good coming to work every day, getting to work, um, in that space. That being said, we're like, we're very, very busy right now. So everyone, I think everyone likes being busy. Um, and and it's, excuse me, an exciting time to work, uh, at the company with everything going on. That's yeah, no, that's, that's cool. And I totally get that when, especially when you have buy-in from everyone who's working there, they're totally excited about what you're doing. I think that's, that's such an important thing to have. And it makes people want to work harder for what, what you guys are doing. Um, I have, I have a question regarding, um, I guess with, with the hats and a lot of the products that are related to, um, the states and and mountains like Stowe or whatever. Did you run into any sort of legal issues with putting um, company names or some or like that on hats or apparel or uh, basically anything that you were selling? Yeah, so we definitely had some some legal nothing nothing serious. Um, but there's a there's a gray area around um, that which is you know what it's called copyright law right. or trademark law. Um, so trademarks are clearly defined, you know, if you, if you have a slogan or a design that's trademarked and you can't, anybody else can't use it, obviously. So copyright law is a little clearer. I mean, excuse me, trademark law is clearer than copyright law. Copyright law, we've gotten a little, some, some snags where, you know, let's say we put like a Colorado flag in a trout. We, we don't know about other brands that have done that before, but if someone did it before us, they, they come to us and they say, Hey, you know, we've done, that's our design. Can you please stop selling it? And we, we take it off the market. Um, in this day and age, there's so many, uh, micro brands out there doing that type of thing that it's, it's next to impossible to like figure out if another brand's already done a design before. Um, right. So 99.99% of the time it's a friendly, Hey, that, you know, we did that design. Can you please stop selling it? And we're like, yeah, we can. Um, but for the most part, if you put a town name, anything on a map, like a town on a map is copyright and royalty free state flags, state shapes, um, kind of common icons of states are typically free domain. And that's what we use a lot to play off of. Cool. So, I know you guys are uh, partnered with um, Protect Our Winters. Um, what kind of commitment does Cirque have to uh, sustainable manufacturing? Yeah, so we, you know, we're as a small company, we we've been exploring this more and more every year on how we can be a bigger part of that. Um, so we support our biggest contribution to nonprofits is Protect Our Winters, and we we 
donate them product um, that they then sell and keep all the proceeds. So we, you know, that's our contribution to giving them money and fundraising to help support the environment and sustainable manufacturing. Um, as we're such a small company, we don't have a big voice and we don't have, you know, the manpower to really get out on the front line. So we're supporting the companies that do that. Right. Um, and we typically, our contribution to these type of firms, we work with a handful is we just give them, we make and manufacture design the apparel for free and then give it to them so they can a raise money and b raise brand awareness through their own custom branded product. That's interesting. It goes to show that there's a bunch of different ways you can give back. Um, that isn't just donating a percentage of your revenue. Um, like there are, there are a ton of different ways that you can do it. that. Uh, like mm -hmm. you said, can a small company can still help out. Um, what would you say has been one of the hardest parts about starting uh, Cirque Mountain Apparel? I think the hardest part has been what we talked about earlier, like running a ton of different designs at lower quantities. We're every day getting pushback from, from our manufacturing facilities um, just because everyone out there wants to produce higher runs and less designs. So that's been a constant, constant struggle. Um, another struggle has been, I mean, that the outdoor industry and more consumer products in general is, is an ultra competitive market. Uh, and especially in this day and age with, you know, the internet and how easy it is for people to start their own brands. There's so many micro brands out there that people are very loyal to in, in their state or town, you know, almost right. every ski town's got, a t-shirt and hat company in it that everybody knows about and likes. So it's competing against all those kind of micro brands has also been tough. Oh yeah, for sure. Competition is stiff <laughs> these days, yep. especially with the internet. You can literally start a business in a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, I think that's some great insight. So what, what would you say is your, some of your biggest fears um, and how do you manage them in regards to uh, Cirque? Yeah, I mean, biggest fear I'd say at the moment is just getting keeping our heads above water as we grow so fast. It's it's been a challenge to keep up with you know all our orders and keeping on time with everything and keeping quality just because we're you know a growing company. It's it's growing pains. It's a, it's almost a good problem to have. But my biggest fear tonight is that I don't want to disappoint my clients who we have given a promise to you know produce them this perfect apparel on the on their perfect ship date and hitting all those check marks for the clients. Um, my, you know, my worst case scenario is, is unhappy clients. Um, another, another big fear is like what we talked about earlier with the, the connected world. A lot of our clients do have access to manufacture products on their own. Um, so there's the, there's the fear of it coming in house always. Um, but we combat that with our, you know, world-class designers and our customer service and our connections. So, we kind of we have a we combat that one a little better that's awesome that's awesome what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made biggest mistakes that i've made is i i personally like to do things uh not on impulse but i like to get things out in the market before really you know coming up with a business plan so let's say we want to roll out a new line of a new product line of say socks i would personally just dive into it and order them right away instead of sitting down and taking the time to come up with a business plan on 
you know, how many to order, what, what's the market, what's the demand, what's the competition. I kind of dive into things right away and like to get things done instead of taking my time with them. So I think that has caused some problems for us and, um, could work on that. Yeah. I'm the exact same way. <laughs> I'm like, Oh, here's a great idea. Let's do it. And then I'm like neck deep in it. I'm like, I really should have thought this one through yeah, before exactly. spending all this money and time. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So what would you say? What What's some advice you would give to someone that wanted to start a business in the um, outdoor sport world or just a business in general? Yeah. I mean, I would say with, with the lesson I just talked about learning, I would say, you know, look at the space, figure out where your idea fits in the market. If you can identify demand, then just get it done. Because one big takeaway, this kind of like goes against what I just said, but one big takeaway is all day long, people can talk about their ideas and everybody's got ideas, but there's only 1% of people who are actually going to get it done. And right. I would say if you want to go for it, you just got to go for it and and get something going, get a physical product out there, you know, dive in once you have a solid plan and, and don't just leave it at a plan, like really go for it. Yeah, that's, that's such good advice. And so many people don't do it. Even like myself, like I've probably had so many ideas that I've been like, Oh, this would be a cool business. I should do this. And then I just don't do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know? Or you have your friend being like, Oh, this, you hear about this? I had that exact same idea. And I'm like, well, you didn't do it. And they did. And now they're successful and you're not. <laughs> like, exactly. Exactly. So you got to live with that or come up with another idea and figure it out. And if you yeah. don't, then you will stay exactly where you are. <laughs> um, so you went to school at what Northwestern, correct? Yep. Did you always know that you sort of wanted to start your own business or did it sort of just slowly materialize over time? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I had no I had no idea that I wanted to start my own business. I mean, I thought one day I knew I wanted to run a business. I didn't I wasn't really trying to start this business when it happened. Um, you know, I, I was moonlighting on it with another job just for totally for fun. Um, and then it just it sort of snowballed, and finally I was like, well, I can go full time and support myself and and live in the mountains and do this. So that's when I really really committed and but yeah to answer your question i had no i had absolutely no idea um but now that i run my own business i don't know if i could ever go back to working for somebody else yeah i bet I, yeah i totally empathize with you on that one <laughs> i don't think yeah, i could do it I'll either bet. um that's so interesting so in that um journey how long did it take for you to get to the point where you you were like okay this is working i can quit my job and do this full time did it take a couple months, a year, how long into it? Um, I'd say it took long enough where when I was paying my taxes on our profit and it was like, whoa, that's a lot of tax. I was like, <laughs> well, I could probably just start paying myself and, you know, and live on this. That's so awesome. I get, I guess my, my real answer is it, it took until the company was making enough bottom line profit that I could fully live off of it to, to dive in. For sure. Um, so what what's in store for the future with Cirque Mountain Apparel in the next year, five years, uh, to even ten years, if you guys have thought that far? <laughs> yeah, I mean the the immediate one to two year future is we're we're trying to match our beanie by state program with hats by state. So for those people who don't know our brand that well, um, you know our we're known for doing state specific beanies. So we have beanies that say Colorado, Vermont, Wyoming on them, 
Um, and we were really the only people doing that. And that's why we had quick success. Uh, and now we're, we're investing heavily in replicating that program with year round caps. Um, caps are a much more competitive marketplace. So we kind of wanted to wait until we had decent market position to dive into it. Um, so we're, we're going to beef up our state by state cap game. Um, all the caps will have, you know, outdoor lifestyle vibe to them, fitting the brand. Um, so we're doing that. And then, you know, as over the next five years, we really want to beef up our, our lifestyle apparel, you know, to offer more products that we're manufacturing for everyday wear. So flannels, you know, mid layers, t-shirts, vests, just everyday casual apparel. We're really hoping to develop some more product like that, but, um, we're not, we're not going to dive into outerwear performance pieces. We're going to keep it to lifestyle, um, lifestyle apparel. That's awesome. I think that's a great idea. And it definitely, it goes to show like a little idea, like just putting States on, on your hats can really help you sort of break into the market. You know, it's little strategies like that that can just catapult you forward. Yeah, um, exactly. Which I think is so interesting and fascinating. Um, what would you say is the best part about running Cirque Mountain Apparel? Uh, I mean, the best part is we get to work in the industry we're all passionate about every day. Um, and we're, we're able to live a pretty flexible schedule and go skiing when we want to. And, you know, when we get to go visit clients, we're going to visit, you know, Snowbird Resort. We're not going to, you know, inland in the inner city of, you know, somewhere. So we really get to live out our passion through our work. That's, hey, I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm very jealous. So are, are most of your, does most of your business come from clients like you, like you're saying, or the more individual? So we have three revenue streams. Uh, the first is wholesale. So that means, you know, we sell Cirque products to ski shops and t-shirt shops around the country, and then they resell them. Um, the second revenue stream is custom apparel. So we do about 50% of our top line is from custom. So we'll do a beanie for, like I just mentioned, Snowbird. And it will have Snowbird's logo, Snowbird colors, Snowbird branding. And it, it won't actually say Cirque on it. It's just we manufacture it for them. Right. Um, the third revenue stream is direct consumer, which you, you're saying online, you know, selling a beanie at a time to our customers. That is a small part of our revenue, but we're really trying to increase that um, with, you know, everything that's going on in retail right now. Like a lot of these big retailers, Sports Authority um, are going bankrupt. So consume, we're seeing consumers go direct to brands more and more now. So we're really investing in, you know, our website and, and getting our our brand ready for the consumers to interact with us directly. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like a, a lot of the people, the founders that, that we've been interviewing on, on the Red Yeti podcast to, have been doing the moving towards the direct to consumer. Like uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Jason Leventhal. Um, he's the founder of uh, Line Skis and started a company called J Skis a couple of years ago, and he's doing it all direct to consumer. And we had him on the podcast last week, and he was talking about how the fact that that channel is exploding <laughs> people are having so much more they, they have it's easier to convince someone to purchase something online that they haven't touched seen or or um or heard about before we may heard about obviously you got to build that relationship with but you know 10 years ago that was next to impossible to do but now it's 
it's becoming easier and easier, which I, I think is a fascinating thing that a lot of brands are definitely going to start doing more and more of and makes it easier for small brands like you guys, Cirque, to really break into the market and do that because you don't have to have the relationships with big companies like REI or whoever to get the product out there. Yeah. Um, and we, we, it's funny you say that we do work with REI. Um, so there, you know, there's select retailers that are killing it and they're doing a great job. And right. it's up to us to make sure to partner with the right people. So we don't build a business that is gonna, you know, if our, if our clients go down, we're going to go down with them. So we're trying to, you know, diversify how we make money. And like you just said, direct to consumer is blowing up and it's, we've always been a wholesale brand and it's, we're really trying to figure out how to do that better now. Yeah, without a doubt. That's really, I think that's fascinating and we're definitely going to keep an eye on you guys and we're excited to, uh, to have had you on board and, uh, get to know you and hear your story. And, um, for the listener who wants to check out some of the product that you guys offer and just stay in touch with you guys, where's the best place to do that? Yeah, definitely our, our website, circmtn.com. Uh, we got everything up there, all the new product. Um, we, you know, our, we do Instagram for social media the most. Uh, so definitely give us a like on Instagram. We're always doing giveaways, promos, a lot of, a lot of fun stuff going on there. Um, so be sure and get in touch with us. We've got pro deals for, um, ski industry, you know, professionals. So feel free to reach out if you're looking for a pro deal, anything like that. Um, and I think we got a giveaway coming up with, with you guys here soon. Yes, we do. And, um, yeah, you can check out on readyeddy.com um, for all the details on that, and we'll link up everything in the show notes. And with that, Alex, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, of course. We're happy to be here and uh, excited for what you guys are doing at, over there also. It's, we guys like seeing what you're putting out. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. All right, perfect. Just under 30 minutes. Um, Sweet. Cool. So, yeah, so we'll get this produced and sent over to you to review in the next couple of days, and this is going to go live on Tuesday. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know if you have any other questions, but other than that, I think uh, I think it was pretty solid. Yeah, me too, for sure. Um, when it's done, will you do uh, – does podcast mean you have to download it from the App Store to listen to it? I mean the iTunes Store? Um, so what we do is we upload to um, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and then we also we will give you an embed code to embed it on your website or wherever you want it. And then we'll also have it hosted on readyeddy.com so people can just listen to it on the website. Okay, yeah. So you'll give Eric all the info yep. on like how to share it. And exactly. Yeah, as soon as it, it goes live, I'll send him over an email with basically all the links. Um, a few uh, – we send some social bl- like blurbs that we're going to send out that he could literally just copy and paste and put in um, the queue to go out on social. Um, okay. So we try and make it as simple as possible for um, the guests to share it. Yeah, that sounds great. Perfect. All right. With that, Alex, Alex, I'll let you go. Um, Yeah. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you too. It was fun. Awesome. Hey, Ready Any Podcast listeners. If you enjoyed today's episode, then I would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Red Yeti Podcast. I'll catch you next week.